Welcome to another episode of Class Souls with me, Lucy Murray, ish, and my co-host, Mr. Preston. How are you ish. doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well I'm, in the, I'm in the process of trying to change my name since I got married. Yeah, that's, you're, not, you're, not trying to fraud, you're not trying to fraud anyone. I'm not trying to fraud anyone. <laughs> yeah, you actually got married as opposed to like assuming someone's identity. <laughs> no. No, I've had this name my whole life. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've told you, I, I mean, as, 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 as thrilled as I am for you um, and as sad as I was that I couldn't be at the ceremony in person, um, I will still be calling you Lucy Murray for the remainder of, uh, well, the series. And I don't know if the series and us knowing each other are going to be conflated, but yeah, that's, that's what I'll be calling you. <laughs> we might get sick of each other and then that might be it. Um, yeah, no, that's completely fine. Uh, I'm okay with that. Names are going to be important today because it's your lesson, aren't you? So what are we talking about? Yeah. So obviously, due to the fact that, um, as Bridget Jones said, mit bibi, um, I am start, you know, starting to think about names to call said child. Um, and that's what I'm going to focus on, my lesson today. And I am going to be coping with disappointment. That's a lesson, not, not <laughs> a life skill. <laughs> So to help everyone else cope with disappointment, let's carry on with the pod then. (laughs) Right, so naming a child, I think, is probably one of the most important things that you can do at the beginning of your child's life. Mm, Instead of just saying oi at them. (laughs) Oi, you. My um, sister didn't name my niece until the very last day that you can do so. So I think that was like three months on or something. What is the last day that you can do so? So yeah, I think you, I think you Oh, was there a time limit? Yeah. Well, yeah, because someone can't just grow up being like, as you said, oi. So, so what did your, how did they refer to the child as baby or something then? Yeah. My niece for like, I think my first three months, just baby. What's the, what's your niece's name now then? Emily. Emily okay and so why did they take such a long time was it is it that anxiety or yeah they just couldn't decide and then that's why they just took so long whereas it was a completely different experience for us naming our unborn child we straight away went yeah I know what we're going to call her so So, but I keep on umming and ahhing about the middle name when you're naming a child, you don't want to name the kid something that's too popular. Mm. Like, for example, if you were called Lucy in the 90s. Sure. Possibly. And everyone, every, every, uh, every girl in the 90s, including my own sister's middle name, is Louise. Yeah, that's what... So, so that's... many people have Louise as their, their middle names. It's such a kind of cultural thing. So, yeah, you're right. You don't want it too popular. Yeah, you don't want it too popular, but then you also don't want don't to want go... too mad either, do you? No. Like, for example, I'm, I'm not judging them, but I am. Um, 
Was it X? Sounds Ash, like you're judging people. X Ash Archangel Twelve or something. Mm, I think Our I taught him. Child. Mm. <laughs> so, so yeah, they've named their child that. And he, how are you going to read that out? That kid is, it, that kid's going to be, I mean, quite messed up generally, I think, just having a look at the parents. It's like, you know, when you're a teacher and, and you're on parents' evening, you can always tell. Like, if there's a kid who's slightly odd and then you see him and you're like, ah, okay, the apple never falls that far from the tree. So, yeah, I mean, his name's apple. Elon. I've name. never, yeah, I've never <laughs> heard of the name Elon. So it didn't really matter what his kid was going to be called. It's just odd that he named his child, like, basically an algebra equation. But no, I think he's... They've named it after some flight, some plane. There was a pl- it's a plane and her favourite elvish uh, character or something like that. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, that child should have been seized at that point. Like if you put that on yeah, on the certificate, because then they had to change it because was it the t- like numerical? Calif- yeah, yeah, you they wouldn't have allow it. Numbers in California. Yeah. Funny that you can get away with Elvish, though. And that's the thing. When you talk about things that are popular, it's like the amount of people that recently named their children after Game of Thrones characters. Yeah. Uh, were obviously then distraught when those characters turned out to be evil or whatever. You know, I think Daenerys was one of the most popular names in the UK. It like breached the top 10. Now that, for me... No. It's an abs- no it way. did. It became one of the most popular names of the year in the United Kingdom. And for me, there's huge correlation between that and how coronavirus spread. <laughs> there is a massive crossover between those two things. When they're like, oh, how can people not wash their hands? Well, people are calling their, their kid Tyrion after uh, Beta Dinklage's character in Game of Thrones. They're not going to wash their hands. Like, that's the last thing they're going to do. Don't you think? Names, names are such a precious thing, no, and I don't think they. No, I reckon there's going to be think... kids called COVID and Corona wandering around oh, after this year. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was listening to there would be podcast. kids wandering around called nineteen if it wasn't for California law. <laughs> hey, all you've got to do is spell it out in letters. You're fine. Perfect. Yeah, sorted. If it's good um, enough for Victoria Beckham calling her kid seven, which was a joke on Seinfeld in the nineties then it's good enough for me. A half a seven, isn't it? Mm. Oh, oh, that made Why? it better. <laughs> oh, it's classy now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blue, yeah, I suppose what Beyonce and Jay-Z did is mm. with their daughter, his favourite number was four. So instead, he, that for the middle name, it was Ivy representing the number four which is perhaps the classier version. But then the, f- the first name was Blue. So It's always these celebrities that pull out the... It's like almost like a kind of game of top trumps, isn't it? Of like, who can, who can give their child the most mad name? And then you realise that those, name, those names are going to follow them around forever. It's like mm. um, uh, Duncan Jones, uh, David Bowie's kid. He was like called like Zoe Bowie or Zowie Bowie or something. And now he's just called Duncan. <laughs> it's like, of course, because that kid was never going to wander around with that name forever. So hard to choose the name. I, I, I would feel a huge amount of pressure naming a child. I think it's also it, what you think about when that child will apply for jobs mm. and people will receive the CV of that child. Absolutely. And they'll go, ah, oh, you know, 
ex Ash Archangel 12 wants to apply for this role. Is he going to be applying for many jobs, that kid, do we think? We, we don't know. We don't know the gender as well. Oh, so really? You can't, you can't presume. I thought, I, thought, I thought that they did know the gender because, again, they kind of had to put it on the certificate or something. I think it's a little boy. Oh, is it? I don't know. But I just uh, think well, they've they have decided... to be pronouns or something. Yeah, I don't know. They've decided that the, the gender isn't important. Perfect. And that's okay. Um, my name was Robert until I was born, actually, uh, which is my father's name. And um, my dad doesn't really go by the name Robert, really, unless it's official. He goes by the name Bob. He shortens it to Bob, which has always been a bit of a bugbear of my mother's. And then about just like a few days before my mum went into labour, one of my father's friends said, oh, so it would be Big Bob and Little Bob. And my mum, fearing that I would be called Little Bob for the rest of my life, <laughs> immediately threw the name out. And so uh, I was an emergency C-section when I was born. And um, in my mum's kind of like delirious state, she was like, oh, he looks like a Christopher. Uh, plucked from absolutely nowhere. Um, and then before they kind of really agreed in it, my dad just went and told everyone that was my name. And so that's how I was named in the end. It was more a case of everyone knew it in this delirious state so yeah that's what i was talking to one of the guys in work the other day about it and he said that he'd always wanted his daughter if they had a daughter to be called amelie okay and then, after, the, um, after the movie or after i don't think so um and then when it came to it his wife had said no we're not calling her amelie um when it came to it he was so like sleep deprived when he was texting everyone her name that her name they decided was Emily, but he'd done it in a sort of sleepy stupor. So he accidentally typed the name Emily, but spelt as Emily, just without the A being the E at the okay. beginning. So, so, so A M I L Y? No, 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 E. So oh, okay. it was Emily, but instead of A at the beginning, it was E. Right. So, um, yeah. And then afterwards, he was like, oh, I guess that's now her name. So forever, they have put their child through not having the name Emily spelt right. Isn't it strange how those <laughs> like again, weird it's quirks... like a challenge, isn't it? It's like those kind of weird quirks of fate, though, isn't it, in terms of how you name a child? For me, it's... I don't know. I would feel a tremendous amount of pressure. So in terms of teaching our, our listeners something, what, oh, yeah, what's, your, what's your advice? Like, you seem pr- pretty forthright. So you and Harry, at the moment, you have a name, Yeah. You're not going to reveal it yeah. to us now, but you have no. a name. We, we have a name. Um, I was so sure about the first name and the middle name. Um, right. And then now I'm like wavering a bit on the middle name. Um, but Where's I think my name going? Because just... presumably the child... I, I, I well, thought, that's, I thought that's the... Preston, obviously, mm. for the middle name. Yeah. Well, I thought the child... I thought you were having a child like in homage to me. So yeah. the, like the whole birth is... I, I assumed it was a tribute to our friendship yeah <laughs> uh i just want to say that because this is a a, a record a recorded um just sound you're not seeing the visuals of lucy's lucy's face and when i said that her child's birth was a tribute to our friendship she looked like i'd punched her but with with a car <laughs> I'd, I'd punched her with a 60 mile an hour like car bonnet well, I first thought was that, you know, I'll 
get to 40 weeks or whatever and I'll receive a present in the post and it'll just be a picture of your face sent from you. And I was thinking, Absolutely. that's not what I want. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't open your post for a little while then because, because the next lesson will come in real handy if you do open that place. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I think that when it comes to Navy Child, perhaps, uh, maybe think about it and try and pick something that means something to you clearly mm. like all these people things have me- meant something to them but also um imagine a snotty nosed teenager saying it like okay. and how could it be offensive you yeah that's the big one for me there are two two kind of protocols to it to adhere to the first one is how having been a teacher for about five years lot of names that have been crossed off the list forever just by yeah. pure association you know right <laughs> i could never name my child that now because of you know x y and z um the second one is doing the rhyme thing you know like what are the kids going to rhyme it with how could it potentially be bastardized into something yeah cruel? Uh, look at the initials work out if that also is something cruel is this something that could be reshaped into something horrendous <laughs> basically check for bullying material uh, mm. i think is the important thing um but that all comes with just thinking about it enough doesn't it when should a parent have considered that name because you said about your niece having had that child for like three months and not assigning a name it's quite strange i think it's the I don't know. It's with them. I think they decided a name. So this might happen with us. Uh, they decided a name. And then when she came out, they looked at her and went, she doesn't seem like that. Mm. And also, I think um, for lots of couples as well, they have a lot of arguments about what they're going to call their child. And they, everyone's so like adamant. Again, we were quite lucky. Um, but I know I've, I was speaking to someone... Uh, not so long ago, who was saying that they, her and her husband, had massive arguments right up until the second that they were literally outside the courtroom, the you know, the court place, the registry office. Um, yeah. Do you work there? Because yeah, that was snappy. <laughs> that was almost a postcode. C O U R T. Name place. Imagine that. Imagine if that's what the United Kingdom. Became. I'm just popping down the name place. Why? Closing names the name. In it. Yeah. Names so, in it. That's what it should um, be called. Names in it. Names, etc. And yeah, so they had a massive argument, and it wasn't literally until they were outside the door that they agreed. Yeah. But you know, you probably could have had the argument at home, couldn't you? So I'm assuming that you're going to reveal the name exclusively on the podcast um, much later. But would you say that yours is quite, is it quite quirky or is it more traditional? Or a mixture of both? No, I think it's traditional. Um, I almost put a really quirky middle name in the other day. And Harry Mm. was like, you sound like a hippie. So I wasn't allowed that. Um, But yeah, it's traditional. Okay, so the takeaway from this message is get down to the name place. With a in name it. in it. Yeah. And make sure your child doesn't sound like a potential school shooter. Because, yes. you know, that's in a name, to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of very much of that, you know, that, that how names are kind of, nom- is it nominative determinism? 
where a kind of name yeah. has that real impact on your personality. And then there's onomastic irony, which I think is the other ones where your name is slightly more ironic. But that nominative determinism, yeah, well into all of that. If you name your child something mad, they're going to grow up to, to be mad. Like Hunter. Hunter is going to be a violent child, right? There's no, there's no violent children called Steve, all right? There's no, there's no violent children called Sarah. Plain names, easy names, all right? Call your, child, <laughs> call your child Aloysius and you see what you come back to. Because that kid... And you wish you didn't. <laughs> if you, Al- Aloysius Purple Smith is going to grow up to do terrible, terrible things. Great but terrible. (laughs) Lesson two, which is pretty much tailor-made for someone called Aloysius Purple Smith, (laughs) is uh, coping with disappointment. Yeah. You dealt with disappointment much recently? Just continuously, if I'm being honest with you. (laughs) But uh, I would say the reason I wanted to do this today, it will sound harsh, but I want to kind of show my workings out right right fair enough as a teacher we are and and you're always in the club you're aware that in secondary school the major exams the key stage four and key stage five exams are going to post their results imminently so the international Mm -hmm. baccalaureate posted their grades uh think about a fortnight ago um a level and gcse will be coming up later on in august and it's a strange time because You've got such high emotions. You've got um, those students who managed to get their grades. You've got those students who managed to surpass their grades. But I wanted to take some time out for those students that perhaps didn't get what they wanted. And that idea that actually sometimes those initial disappointments can set you up pretty well for later on in life. So I think that this, just to pause for a second, I think Mm. that um, this time around, the... If, you, if you're a student who doesn't get their grades, it perhaps would be feel more disappointing because yeah. there was nothing that you could have done about it. Well, I think that that's... In your mind, perhaps. So how would you deal with being one of those students? I would instantly change my name to something like Hunter because <laughs> I would need to compensate quite a lot. Like if you're, right. if you're called Steve and you come out with a string of, you know, average grades, then you, you just write yourself off at that point, wouldn't you? Whereas yeah. if you were called like, you know, Savage or something like that, that would, so I'm then saying, you can that become would become really, a pop star. Exactly. Call, call yourself Savage. It's like Savage from, you know, Bethnal Green. Doesn't matter that you got like a D in French because that kid's going places. Well, that's the question. Does it matter if you get a D in French? Uh, I know we should je, probably be saying je, yes. Je ne comprends pas because, well, <laughs> well I mean, that's what you I mean, get in your results. That's kind of right. I mean, yes and no is the, is the answer to that. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because I went to a socially distant barbecue the other day, Lucy okay. Murray. A friend of mine, um, very close friend of mine, turned 30. And so he did this kind of it was a moderate event, obviously, because of what's been going on. And a couple of his cousins were there. And uh, one of the, they were, uh, they're both children. And one is 11. So she's about to go to secondary school. But she was disappointed because she didn't pass the 11 plus. Right. Now, you, I don't think you have the 11 plus in Wales, do you? No. You do have schools there, though. We do have sc- schools. Just one. 
Oh, you have SATs. Well, the 11 plus is just the selective school test. If you have grammar schools in your area, our, our school does. I passed with flying colours. Um, oh, but this particular child didn't. And so she was a bit disappointed because she didn't get into the grammar school. And in this area, a grammar school really is seen by many parents and thusly their children as a passport to something better. Like if you're going to a grammar school, you're one of the elite, you're going to go to Oxford and you're going to become part of the aristocracy. And that's pretty, right. grammar school, Oxford, royal aristocracy. family. Right. Pretty yeah. much in that. You know, that's how I got my OBE, for example. <laughs> um, but this particular child was really disappointed because I think that everything had been put forward to like, you are going to go to grammar school. And then she got the letter mm. through and it hit her like a bolt of lightning that, that she didn't get it. I always think that actually, when I think about the 11 plus, my own journey with it as a child was like, I was told from a very young age, like, look, you're selective material, you're going to go to grammar school. And I would just thought it was a foregone conclusion. And it may surprise you, Lucy Murray, and the listener to know that I became slightly arrogant in primary school because I was like, I'm grammar school material. You've seen this, this is, you know, this is grammar school. Yeah. This is exactly what I was doing all the time. And so when my mother and father went for parents evening, uh, my teacher at the time, one Miss Omar, confirmed to my mum oh, that I... naming her. Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> I don't know. You could just feel sorry uh, for Miss Omar. I don't know if she's alive anymore. No, she's brilliant. She was brilliant. Um, okay. But Miss Omar turned around to my parents and said, uh, your child is selective. And so we recommend that you put him forward for the 11 plus. So I'm waiting outside, cocky as anything. They're like, yep, can't wait to hear this good news. My mum came out. She didn't tell me that. She came out. My mum went, I went, what does that mean? Have you just sucked a lemon? Like, what's going on here? And my mum said, look, we need to talk to you about this. Miss Omar said that you were borderline. And I was like, what does that possibly mean? And my mum said, it means that if you don't work hard, you're not going to get it. And I could not conceive of this. I was like crushed because I was like, no, I was told I was selective and that was it. So all of a sudden I had this massive disappointment I had to cope with. And I was like, right, okay, I need to like treble my efforts then. And then obviously when the uh, exam came through and the, the acceptance letter came through, I was like, yes, I smashed it. And it was only years later that my mum turned around to me and was like, oh yeah, she said you were selective, but we knew that if you, if we told you that you'd have been on the beach. So great. That was excellent work from excellent my mother. Excellent parents. Right, it was superb Write parenting. That Write that one down, right? Because she knew that I'd have been legs up in the air. I wouldn't have done a thing. And actually, coincidentally, a lot of children had to cope with disappointment that day because every single child that I knew that had been told they were selective and whose parents were like, you're going to the grammar school, they did not get in. Oh, really? They, came, they just became, yeah. They, they, they became did. cocky. They put their legs up. They became Preston, is what they did. They stuck those legs up. They sat on the beach with a nice virgin pina colada, and they didn't get it. And so, actually, having to cope with that level of disappointment of of, of finding that the that the, the the brick road is not necessarily yellow is a good thing as a child. I think having to cope with that disappointment, having to rebuild rather than just getting everything, is is a really good skill. Mm. Have you been disappointed in your life at some point? I'm sure you must have. Yeah. Well, I mean obviously there's been like jobs I didn't get or whatever and um at university I did not get the grades that I wanted uh Mm. and I think the way I this is what I mean that I'm not sure 
although it is important the exams you do and obviously as a being an ex-teacher you shouldn't exactly say like um, <laughs> exactly but I think that everything I've done since my university like it, it's it's all just a step isn't it to the next thing so you do your GCSEs and that only really matters so that you can do the A-levels you want and so that you've learned enough to do the A-levels you've won and then you do the A-levels you want and they only really matter so you can go to the university you want but you now don't need to know anything that you've learned there because that's not important anymore. You needed to know it for as long as the exam. And I think you said yeah. then about like at the beginning of the conversation about French, I, I can't even remember what grade I got in French. I think I must have got an A or a B. And fast forward 14 years later and I can remember, I'm not yet better doing my cassette à la plage. <laughs> as we have previously yeah. discussed, that is the extent of my French. Yeah. So I got an A star. And I think I remember less. Well done. And it, thanks. <laughs> Mind you, I didn't revise for that exam because I was like, it's a language. You should have learned the whole way around. Um, je je uh, comprends parler la française. <laughs> d'accord. Oh, d'accord. De plume de laiton. <laughs> and you were brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Fine. Um, and then, yeah, and then once you do your A-levels, they don't matter anymore. And then you go to university and you do your degree and after you finish your degree that doesn't matter anymore and it's it's quite a nihilistic lesson that we're teaching here isn't it and then you're dead (laughs) and then you're going to be in the cold cold ground each thing is to get you to the next step and it feels like our society it's kind of a problem really i think um in that everything is just based on your success should be based on how well you can remember things Mm. like how well you can remember things just gets you to your next whatever step you want it to be. So but I think that child who got the 11 plus, it, maybe they just haven't got the right memory skills yet. Or she just had a bad time. day at the office. Maybe if yeah. the exam had been the following week, she'd have passed it. it. It's quite arbitrary in that way. And that's why I think that, you know, when you hear about particularly like entrepreneurs and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, they build their businesses and they go bust and then they learn and then they build another business and all that kind of stuff. I think that having that ability to cope with disappointment and to almost recycle it into enthusiasm, you know, resilience, it's that they're important lessons themselves. Yeah. Until you have so many businesses that are bust that you just decide to like skin up Nat West bank accounts and, and siphon <laughs> cash. And do people, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But when, <laughs> when you speak to people of like immense privilege, and we spoke about Elon Musk earlier, you're mm. like that kid is probably never going to have to cope with like actual levels of disappointment because are they going to be rejected for? I mean, I'd be disappointed with my name alone, but I'm saying in terms of like going for jobs, having to earn money. I don't know. But then maybe, maybe they might have the ultimate disappointment because there is no way that he or she, they um, are going to be able to match what their father has done. Mm. That, that's, so know, maybe that's in and of itself a disappointment. Yeah. Well, so how does one cope? How does, <laughs> and that is the end of Class Holes Series 1. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that that notion i think of disappointment hits you hard it's such a like a bitter feeling feeling crushed feeling like you're uh, you know like i was very fortunate i got my predicted grades i went to my first choice university and i remember um 
I actually can't even remember. I think Warwick was my second choice. And I remember even thinking, if I, Exeter was my number one. I wanted to go there. It was the only mm. university that I could see myself being at. And I was very fortunate in that, you know, I worked hard. My exam grades came out as I wanted. And I can remember there was a, a lad behind me who I'd known for seven years, right? This kid that, you know, I'd gone through year seven all the way through to year 13. And it was our very last moment of being in my school. And we went into, and, and you know, like there's that urban myth with UCAS. They're like, the exam results go up at midnight. Everyone checks. Yeah. It, it floods the servers, but they never are up at midnight. They're always up at like seven o'clock the next morning. And so I checked first thing, got my grades. Whew, thank God. And then, so we all went into school knowing that we'd passed. We just didn't know what we'd got in the, in the individual exams. And I just saw this kid just absolutely demolished. And it kind of made me feel bittersweet because obviously I'm sat there thinking, oh, I'm about to go off to extra and get my, you know, OBE in a couple of years time as per the requirements of the 11 plus. But that kid just demolished, didn't get into his, uh, didn't get his exam grades, didn't get his uni. And I just, I wonder what happened to him. I'm hoping that he, you know, he, he took that advice of turning that disappointment into something new. Well, so I know someone who didn't, you know, they'd applied to law and um they didn't get the grades for either of the schools that they wanted to go to for law so they um on the clearance day were looking through all of the possible courses that they could go to and ended up picking music and media management um in an old polytechnic and now have an amazing career and like manage quite a cool band and have traveled that man's the world name with all different was people. elvis presley <laughs> why do you assume it's a man <laughs> well, i think you said he didn't you no no oh, okay oh and that woman's name <laughs> was elvis presley <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean it, it, it all happens isn't it? it it happens like it's meant to but i actually didn't get into my first university my first choice but i didn't want to what was, was your first told... choice so my first choice was manchester oh really um but i was told because my the manchester offer was higher mm. than extra offer that i had to put it first oh, that's because right. obviously if you can't get to like if Obvious. i couldn't have gone to extra mm. and then my next and then all like so i got offered from manchester southampton extra and keel um and keel were like uh, very different grades to the other ones um so they it's not said, like one of those like collect like five crisp packets and get into our uni kind of ones. Yeah. 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 Like, you don't um, even need A levels, like, just come. <laughs> Bring all your mates. <laughs> I didn't want to go to Keel. So I had to Who put would? Exeter as my second choice. And I did want to go to Exeter. Um, but yeah, in the end, I didn't get into Manchester and I was very, very happy about it. So I went in knowing I hadn't got into Manchester, but I had to wait like think it was two days for them to decide that i couldn't get in it was really annoying so that there's just tell me i'm not in (laughs) so there's an excellent piece of advice there cope with disappointment by always putting your first choices second and (laughs) it'll all work out for you (laughs) fine okay it's the plenary we're done again and we're back to kind of the normal schedule at the moment yes after our providing the trip specials you know technology 
hiccups. Yeah, just a quick thing. We're really sorry. It just seems that the provider that we put the podcasts on like intermittently publishes our podcasts. <laughs> so I think there's been a couple of scheduling issues. We're also talking about we, we're going to do this as seasons, Lucy Murray, aren't we? So yes, we are. The season one will finish soon. We're not entirely sure when. We'll work it out and let you know. Um, thanks for listening, though. We can't believe our luck. No, we uh, are constantly surprised that people are listening. So, yeah, for, for people who refuse to advertise their own wares, it's kind of nice that people come into our shop. To be honest with you, not really so much a we shop as just a <laughs> just a boarded up like square in the middle of a you know abandoned wasteland. So, thanks for listening. Yeah, we don't podcast. refuse. We just forget. Um, okay. And then, if you want to follow us on our um, social medias that we're frankly pants on inactive uh, social media <laughs> it could be uh class pod. see this is how much i've forgotten now. class holes pod um on instagram and twitter and class pod holes on gmail you saying that was the kind of speaking equivalent of blowing a dusty shelf it was i could actually see you straight like i haven't <laughs> used this this language in so long i actually have no idea i mean i reckon you could say it in french as quickly as you could have said it in English then. Uh, we'll be back providing our server allows us to next week with two yes. brand new lessons. See you then. Wonderful. See you then. Bye. Bye.